see a forum of people. Got some friends in the building. I love you all for being here today. Our time is fast spent. So um, I'm going to do a little intro. I'm going to let the bishops drive us in. You all ready? Mm -hmm. So like I said before, a new future finds its foundation in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Um, the Holy Spirit gave me this word a few months ago. Um, just we're in a time where I would say we're in a new era. Probably heard that word a few times over the last couple of years. But I really believe the 2020s are a decade of mass revision of how we see life as we've known it. COVID came and did a nice spanner on us. You know, Uncle Putin went to go do something in Ukraine. Then we've got all this stuff happening around the world right now. You know, crypto went down, it's going up. So many things are happening right now. You know, Queen Elizabeth died. We've got another Liz, who I don't know. She doesn't say that. It does what we're doing, yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of things happening right now in the world. And I believe one key thing God kind of expressed to me during COVID was that the church has a divine opportunity for two things. To be up to date and ahead of the times. To be up to date and ahead of the times. Um, and I believe if we're really going to call ourselves believers, people who possess God in our bodies, it is time for us to live a life that reflects that in what we say, uh, what we choose, and what we build. So a new future boils down to how deeply rooted are we in Christ to believe that all things can become new in my life. And that requires vision, that requires faith, and that requires us to be people who are laborers to whatever God has called us to do. So we're going to be a bit biased today because it's a new thing in London. We believe God has called us to be a creative house. Hallelujah. I thought I'd get some noise on a creative house. So I'm biased to believe that I believe creativity is going to spearhead uh, whatever it is that you may call revival, uh, reformation, etc. I believe God's got his hand on the creatives. The reason why I believe that is that history tells me that it is art, culture, and even fashion that dictates the messages that we see in the world today. It affects everything. You'd be so surprised, you know. You know, your, your, your what's her name now? Her, our beloved Queen Bee will just say something, and then, and then all of a sudden it's a new meme, it's a new way of life, it's a new saying. Am I lying? Everyone putting their heads down, especially the ladies. But literally, the power of music, the power of art, the power of visuals, these things go beyond reason. It goes somewhere deep within the heart. And I believe God wants to raise up creators who are filled with the spirit of God to usher in a new wave, a new sound, and a new message. So today, we're going to lean into the creative part of what God is doing through us. And we're going to speak from it from a paradigm of the foundations, the root of it, how it's going to endure the next season. And then we're going to go into prophetic stuff about what's coming next and whatever these bishops have to say. But I want to open up the floor to my brother, David, um, to share his perspective on this word. And then we're going to go over to Sam, and then we might have Q&A, and then we'll pray and prophesy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what that feedback is, but... So, for me, the, the story of creativity always starts in Genesis 1. And it's going to say, obviously, the story of um, the creation of the world. And on March 25th, 
existed before he created. Yeah. Okay, in the beginning, God created. And those four or five words dictated how creativity should flow first from the position of identity. Oh. Now, what does that mean for us as Christians? Um, and this is what the Lord said to me this week on Thursday. He said, the story of this church begins in Genesis 1.26. Genesis 126 um, says, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. The story of this church begins in the image and the likeness of God. The story of this church, uh-huh. like, when you get clinical, deepen, like, if you want that, church. <laughs> church. <laughs> like, the story of this church begins in the image and the likeness of God. And then there are two things that the Lord began to share with me when we just opened up with. And that flows from that, and I believe will shape where we're moving next. Yeah. Not only just as, as Christians, but as, as the church and as anniversary. And there are two words. The word, first word is global, and the second word is generational. Okay? Global refers to the authority bestowed upon the creative. Okay? Adam was made in the image of God, God is the creative. Therefore, by default, Adam was made in that same image. And the actual word likeness means to function like. Uh-huh. Okay, so Adam was created to function like the creator. And so it's no surprise to us that as the biblical narrative unfolds that Adam was able to give names to, to animals and he existed in this place of authority and rulership, which was given to him in you know, Genesis 1, 27, 28, begins to unpack that, let them have rule and authority over. But as we know, Adam and Eve, they made mistakes. (laughs) And all of mankind now um, abdicates the authority that was previously bestowed upon the creatives. But then came Jesus, who the scripture refers to as the second and the last Adam. And in Romans 5, it begins to tell us and explain to us, I think it was in verse 15, when it begins to speak about how now, through him, we have been given the opportunity to rule and reign in life. Mm-hmm. So why is this a global word for a church here at Wall Street Gallery? And the Lord said to me, look at the camera. Because you do not know which video is going to be the one that blows up. Mm-hmm. You don't know which Instagram video is going to be the one that goes viral. You don't know which moment is going to be the moment where it all just goes a bit haywire. So from now on, your action has to be global. And the thing that the Lord began to encourage me with is the fact that you've already fostered a spirit of excellence. Even in secret. Even in the hidden. Even when you thought you were just pertaining to London. But every time you were fostering a spirit of excellence, every time someone um, opened up in prayer and was captured in video, it was already a global moment. Because at any given moment, the rest of the world could watch it. So there's a global level of authority that you have to now start praying. Do not pray as one only limited to the dominion of your own household. Pray as one who has been given by God the opportunity and the invitation to rule and reign in life on a global level. That's global. Generational. And this, this came to me this morning in the car. The Lord said to me, generational. I said, okay, what's that like? He said, there is a Josiah in the house. Yes, there is. The moment you have Josiah in the house, you now have the opportunity for reform and restoration. Because mm. that's what he was about in the scripture. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I think we've said it so many times, uh, just in recent sermons, just the things that are pending when it comes to this house. Um, you know, we constantly proclaim that God is about to do a new thing, you know, and we're, we're in a moment in this uh, tribe's history uh, where such a shift is happening right before our eyes. Good. My God.
<laughs> you have no right to tell God how to show up. We say certain things are strange, but if you look at how the Bible describes angels, you know, like <laughs> Okay, Bishop. The tribes that God has departed from and they still insist on functioning. I'm like, what are we doing? Who are rooted in identity. 
I want to add another layer to it because sometimes when you use the word creative, it can sound exclusive. Yeah. And some of you here may feel like what we're saying doesn't relate to you. But because we are created in his image, by nature, we are all creatives. Hutchie Nathan say, I am a creative. Ephesians 2 verse 10, because I like to bring Bible to my statements. Amen. For we are his workmanship. That word in the Greek is pohema, which literally translates poetry. Another um, expression of that word is you are God's work of art. You are his masterpiece. So right now, your life should be a picture to a broken world. Right now, your life should be a song to the broken world. Right now, your life should be a film to the broken world to see what it looks like, Christ living in a man. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God has a hope that the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. And that hope is actualized when we allow Christ to be formed in us. Are you guys following me here, yeah? yeah? So before Paul talks about us being in Christ, being grafted in, then he says, Christ in you. So we see there's a topic called what? Process. The scripture says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, that we would walk in them. This is a very important part because as creators, sometimes we feel like we are the originator. But all you're doing is walking out what God already said. Very key, because if God calls me to rest, it means then I ought to be receiving and projecting. Or shall I say receiving and reflecting. Are you guys following me here, yeah? yeah. So, so remember when God did creation, he created everything and created us last. Meaning, all that is needed, he will provide. So when it comes to creating what we have iPhones now, in, you know, 2,000 years later, all the raw materials of this iPhone you can find in Genesis chapter 1. It just took a new perspective to think of something new from what God already did. Are you guys following me today? So, God's word is old, it's ancient, but it's still new at the same time. Why, Ayon? It's only old because it's been given to us in something called time. New is eternal. So when we take something that God has said and bring it into time, it becomes new. But it already existed. Are you guys following me here? Yeah? So that's why he says, I want to give you a spirit of what? wisdom and revelation. I want to show you what to do and how to do it. So life becomes a response to what God said and we start to see creative things flow. Are you guys following me here, yeah? Because I thought it's key for us to understand the, 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 the foundation and the root of who we are and how it actually comes into existence. So the creativity that we were going to produce were actually just walking it out. I don't know, that makes me feel a bit 
less pressured. Kind of puts me a bit at, at ease, David. Kind of lets me know that, funny enough, it's in the bathroom when the revelations come, when I'm not doing nothing. And when I'm praying in the spirit for a hundred, much under half an hour, and there's silence, I'm thinking, have I prayed the wrong prayer prayer? Sometimes God wants us to shut up. <laughs> and in the shutting up, in the waiting, he begins to unveil what he's already put in us in seed form. So, we spoke about the future. Is it okay if we deal with the present? I want us to touch on identity a bit more. And I want us to touch on um, what it is that God is doing now with the people that he's called to be creative. Um, and this is from personal experience. Your creativity thrives when you do not define yourself by it. Okay. Say it again, please. Your creativity thrives when you do not define yourself by it. So I had to learn as a musician to get away from my keyboard. Because I don't be able to define myself for years hmm. by, in the call of God in my life by what I could produce. And there were some incredible things that I was producing over the years. And, and you know, I'm not gonna mess up, I'm not gonna trash what the Lord was doing through my life and through my gift and through my call. You know, we were seeing some incredible things that I was traveling and playing and whatnot. But for all of those incredible things, all the testimonies of you know people getting healed and prophetic and whatever, nothing compared to the moment he showed up in my room and called me sir. And that redefined me, which still is in my life till now, because I'm told, like I shared before, do not call it a season. If you call it a season, you're immediately saying it's going to come to an end. So I have to live, I have to live, hmm. live. a continual revelation of what it means to be a son. Yes, yeah. More than what it means to be a musician, worshiper, anything else. Sure. Because when I walk into the presence of God, he doesn't call me worshiper. He doesn't call me psalmist, minstrel, prophet of music. He calls me son. So if that is what he chooses to call me every single time, why on earth would I limit myself to call myself by a different name? That's good. That's why I struggle to write bios when I go and write to church. Probably others. Because they want me, they don't want me to tell you who I am, they want me to tell you what, what I do. <laughs> That means nothing because when I show up, you don't need to know, you don't relate to the things I've done, you relate to who I am. Mm. And so, physically, I had to learn how to find him away from my keyboard. Because as a teenager, when I first started on this journey of learning how to really like worship and enter into the presence of God, I would go into my room, <coughs> turn my keyboard on, turn the lights off, and find the light in the dark. So, I would be playing in darkness with a song. I would play until I found him. Now, when I say that, people are like, wow, that's really deep. <coughs> I'm like, yeah, it was at 16, 17, 22, 23, and beyond. But I had to learn how to do it without the keyboard. And actually, what's more lasting is to do it without, because now when I return to the keyboard, I return as a son and not a practitioner. Okay? Hmm. And so now intimacy lifestyle and not a profession. Because what do we call people who have intimacy as a, as a profession? They walk in the streets at night. 
found there are a lot of questions we were going to God by defining it as, oh, I access it only through what I do. That's so good. That's so good. But now, the presence of God is who I am. And so at any given moment, and it happens multiple times in the day, a son speaks to his father. Not a worshiper, not a painter, not a <clears throat> whatever architect, not a lawyer, not all these things that the world defines us by. It is a son and a father. And the story of scripture is the story of a son and a father. So good. If I was able to define scripture in three sentences or whatever, I would open up with it's a father and a son, and here's how the story goes. So that for me is where identity has to be rooted. It has to be away from my creativity in order so that I can create. That's good. And I've I've actually experienced and I've like literally physically, I've had more results in my area of creativity from the moment I chose to learn how to be a son, and you know what? I do less work. <laughs> so where I was slaving away in the studio, I'm gonna be practical, slaving away in the studio every single Monday, away from my wife till two, three in the morning, making track jumping, <laughs> with no progression. But I was attached to the grind, because that's what creatives are supposed to do, right? You're supposed to be broke until the moment. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
That's it. Amen. So, you know, I feel that's like just, that's the it. heart of the Father will yeah. be expressed through art. <coughs> that's good. You said something, bro. Um, you okay? Uh, something about words you received. Words you being affirmed. You posted it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I was looking, thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, um, yes, yes. So I spoke about sometimes it takes the words of an elder to speak words of affirmation that bring healing to the soul. And I find out that sometimes words become healing for us when we least expect it. I didn't know that's what I needed to hear in that phone call, but it stopped me midday talking, and he said to me, and my whole heart just went, and it showed me the power of having wise counsel, showed me the power of being a submitted son, showed me the power of even transparency. Some of us aren't healing because our mouth are closed. And my perspective of what God is doing right now is that God is not wasting oil. He's healing the woman and the man before he pours into the woman and the man. God is, that statement you made about when God exposed, when I see exposure, I see mercy. I'm more concerned about the person I know that's moving mad and is still operating. Hebrews 12 says that if God disciplines us, it's because we're sons. So God in his faithfulness will allow weeds and tears to grow for a while and bring a bit of fire to separate them from, the, from each other. And I want us to not be afraid of what we think was said to destroy is actually said to refine. If you are a son, when God does bring moments of exposure and fire, it's a time of healing and refinement. Once again, it's the same thing, fire and exposure, but a new perspective. So when I say stuff like we're in Christ and we're a new creation, all things become new. I understand that statement requires faith for you to sink deep. But I'm at a place in my life where God is saying things to me, guys, and my natural circumstance is not lining up. So I can relate with Matt Todd a bit where it's only crazy until it happens. And if we're really going to live this Christian life for real, we need to live beyond what we see. If we're really going to live this Christian life for real, we have to live beyond what we can see. So when he's echoing about in the secret place, God is talking about sonship. Before God now calls us to do something, he calls you by name. When he now calls you by name, Psalms 2 says, today I have begotten you, you are my son. Then he says, ask of me and I will give you the world as your inheritance. Why does God do that? God doesn't want what he gives to define you. He wants who you are to dictate what it is that he's called you to. Are you guys following me here, yeah? So, be aware that if you're experiencing unanswered prayers, it's just more process. Be aware if 
there are things we're believing and we're not seeing. It's just called processing. I need to encourage one of us because some of us might not see what God said tomorrow or next month or even next year. The Bible calls it patience. Hallelujah. You might not get married next year. It's called patience. Hallelujah. The Bible says in James 2, 1, 2, it says that, um, it says, um, that we should count it all joy when our faith comes under trial. When we are faced with various temptations because the testing of your faith is producing patience in you. And that patience is God's perfect work being at work in you that you may be made whole lacking nothing. So when God calls us to patience, I need to say this again, he's calling us to wholeness. He's not rejecting the promise. He's saying the promise is not ready yet. So the Bible encourages us again in Hebrews 6. He says, imitate the faith of your ancestors. In this particular uh, version, talk about Abraham. He says, through faith and patience, inherited the promise. So sometimes the new thing takes time. Touch the name and say, it takes time. God speaks new things in seed form. You don't get a tree tomorrow, you plant a seed today. So when I say be hopeful, today's seed is tomorrow's harvest, what we're saying is that if God has given seed, we have confidence that a tree will come forth. But it might take some time. God took seven days to create a whole world. He could do it in one moment, teaching us Process, time. Amen? Time is fast spent. So I'm going to let these guys pray over us. Amen? I just say one thing about it. Okay, surely, yeah. God has a secret place that he hides people in whilst he reforms and while he sets them for church called that secret place by a different name and demonized it over the years. It's called wilderness. Mm. Every time God wanted to rewild and reset, he took some moments to deal with the rebel son. And that came after the words of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. My father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Matthew 3. Matthew 4 verse 1. And the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Forty days later, the enemy shows up. The accuser of the brethren Challenges of his sonship. Jesus overcomes that challenge to his sonship, and the first miracle he did was created to turn water into wine. Creativity has to grow after sonship, but sonship is proved and tested That's so good. in what we call the wilderness, and God calls the secret place. Amen. He said to Moses, Bring my people to this wilderness yes. that they may worship me. Yeah. Why? Because they spent 400 years learning how to worship something else. So they had to be reset when they meant to worship God. So good. Where? In the wilderness. In the wilderness. Can I pray now? You can, sir. Can you pray now? Father, we thank you that we are now submitting ourselves yeah. to the process of emerging as sons and daughters of the living God. Yeah. Father, I see before me people who are 
some areas, the revelation of sonship is massive. And there are other areas where it isn't. And in those areas, there are stories of disappointment, stories of letdown, stories of quote-unquote failure. But as was said earlier, we're changing the narrative. Yes. We're changing the narrative. And what, you, what we call failure, disappointment, disillusionment, you see it as an opportunity to reveal yourself as the God who restores, who revives, said it earlier to me, Father, that you are both father and king. You are father to a generation. You are king yeah. of kings. Yeah. So even as we mark this day in our diaries of the, the anniversary of this community of creators, we thank you that this next season will be defined by the revelation of sonship being Creativity is what you see with what you have. And all you have is all you need. And I bless the works of your hands. And I bless the works of your hands. And I bless the works of your hands. If you will believe me and take me out of my word, all things shall be made possible. If you believe me and take me at my word, all things shall be made possible. So even now we declare the word of the Lord, the old has passed away and the new has come. 
Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. And Father, we say yes. Let's give God a yes even now. Lord, we say yes even if we have a hint or a stench of unbelief. We still choose to say yes. Even if we don't know how, Father, and we're still trying to ramble in our minds, is all this stuff they're saying really true for me? Lord, in the midst of it, by faith, I say yes. Even now, Father, I decree in the name of Jesus, restore voices in the room today in the name of Jesus. Father, every mouth that has been closed, I set a loose today. I decree the word of the Lord that whoever turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So even now, Father, on the 6th of October, 2022, we announce the new path to be a path of freedom. You are free to be you. You're even free to receive love today. You're free to receive joy and you're free to receive peace. You're free to create and you'll be made free to go and prosper and advance the kingdom. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are prayed.